Hey guys, before we get started, I just want to let you know I have a live show coming up in San Francisco, June 29th. It is politically themed, but I guarantee you you're going to have a good time even if you hate politics. Get your tickets now. bit.ly slash px3june. That is bit.ly slash px3june. Enter into your phone, get your tickets. They're cheap, 18 bucks, easy peasy. Come on out to the historic Piano Fight Theater that is June 29th at 7 p.m., a Saturday. Doing a Saturday show for the first time ever. It's going to be great. And also, if you're on the fence or maybe you're thinking about coming in, it's Pride Weekend in San Francisco that weekend. Always an absolute blast. Big, big fun to be had. So come on out, see me on Saturday night. Go to the parade on Sunday. If you've never been out for SF Pride, you're going to have a fun time. All right. Well, I don't know. What does my brother say? Hey, everyone. Justin's nephew, Jackson, wants to tell you where to go if you want to support the show. Pay. Jury. Daily. Dot com. Nailed it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jury Daily Podcast. My name is Justin Robert Young. So there's a story that came through on the Discord today. Big shout out to Puck. Puck, who put it in the Discord. This was Jason Momoa at a Comic-Con in San Antonio. Doctor's in the studio today. Decided to make it a doctor day. That he would jump at the chance. Show me where to sign was his quote about doing a twins remake with Peter Dinklage. So, of course, he would be the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Dinklage would be the Danny DeVito. And it got me thinking. Well, it actually crystallized the thought that I had had earlier, which was when I was listening to a podcast about how it was the Bill Simmons podcast about how the NBA has changed in the last 10 years. And it changed specifically in one direction. It became a 365-day-a-year sport. Now, this is pretty interesting for me because I don't know how many NBA games I actually watch. I don't really watch NBA games all that much. My team's the Miami Heat. I don't really have a way to watch them all that much. And even when... I was rooting for the Miami Heat, and I was living in South Florida. I didn't really watch games all that much. Regular season basketball can be a little tedious at times, unless it's a really big game or I know that both teams are really going to compete. I don't know how much I care. In fact, you could make a, a, a argument that as the NBA has gotten more popular, their on-the-court product, more often than not, has become either predictable or bad. Now, the players are more talented. The good teams are probably better. But a lot of times, I mean, you know, when I was writing Raise the Dead, I was in bars a lot because I was reading in bars. I found it easier to read in a bar than to read in my house. 
for a couple of reasons. Number one, there's a lot of noise. Number two, I might have an alcohol problem. But I would watch these uh, uh, Warriors games. The Warriors were up until they literally, their bodies literally fell apart in the in the championship this uh, you know past month. The best team in the NBA by far. And their regular season games, as I was watching them on mute, were all the same. They would dog it throughout the first half and usually be down double digits to a bad team, a team far worse than them. They would kind of assess the situation at halftime. In the third quarter, they would just actually try hard. And if they were blowing the other team out, that would be that. Or if uh, the other team really, really gave them a good show in the third quarter, they'd just say, yeah, fuck it. (laughs) We'll wait for the playoffs. But yet... The things that get the most clicks, and it's it's telling uh, tonight, tonight is the NBA draft. Everybody wants to think about the future. Everybody wants to think about how they can make their team better from the front office. And there's a lot of different reasons on why people think this is the case. Social media, the fact that fantasy sports ha- have put so many fans in the position of a GM that now that is something that they associate with more than maybe trying to uh, uh, be a... Uh, a basketball player or something like that, be an athlete. The result is this. 365 days a year, people talk about basketball for three reasons. Trades, free agency, and personalities. The players all play into it. The players are characters. The players uh, uh, talk to each other and interact with fans. They become memes. It has very much become the internet's sport. So it got me thinking. What's another highly covered industry that could use a further peering into the process? By opening the kimono, what industry becomes more interesting? And it got me thinking. I will always... And this has happened a couple times. It usually happens during the summer when there's like big movies that were supposed to be gigantic blockbusters that didn't become gigantic blockbusters. There's always a a feature, usually on Deadline.com or some site like that, Variety, where everybody will start pointing fingers at each other. This producer was feuding with this star. This writer was disgruntled about this script. And then there was a rewrite. And then people were rewriting on the set. And then there were personal dialogue coaches. We just saw one of these with Men in Black International, which kind of tanked. But what if we got even further in the process? What if we got into the pitching? Now, every day, In Hollywood, somebody is pitching something. They're walking into a room. They're explaining the script. They're explaining where they would go with it. Uh, Producers are trying to uh, package stars with various different people. Now, you could report all of this is rumor. But I would follow the entire production process from, like, if, if, because right now this story just lives and dies here. This Jason Momoa, Peter Dinklage thing. But I would love any follow-up on it. Peter Dinklage. Uh, it's I. Peter Dinklage does not want the Danny DeVito career, and so he is not doing it. 
Jason Momoa, not really interested in doing this. He just likes to feed the crowd. Okay, cool. Or Jason Momoa and Peter Dinklage are actually excited about it, and it turns out they're repped by the same agent. They are going to find a, uh, they're going to pitch this to a, you know, Jason Momoa has a great relationship with Warner Brothers because of Aquaman. He's going to pitch it to them. They're going to see if they can get a screenwriter attached to it. I would love any of that. I would love every incremental moment. Now, it will never happen for this reason. Hollywood is a very fragile industry. Not to say that basketball players aren't also in their feelings. But Hollywood is its own very bizarre ecosystem of fragility. So anybody being the bad guy, rumored or otherwise, is already something that people take great offense to. The idea of incrementally having a studio repeatedly reject things. Although, like, you wind up hearing about this stuff anyway. When, when, when somebody gets fired from a studio, then everybody comes out of the woodwork and says, yeah, they passed on this, they passed on that, they passed on that. Whenever anything becomes a success that bounces around, the trail of dead of people who rejected it always surface. So why not surface all that stuff as it goes along? Why not just have a record of like, yeah, this uh, studio heard the following pitches. They went with these ones. They didn't go with these ones. The rumors are they didn't really believe in X, Y, or Z. Everything right now in the NBA is rumors. Everything on the NBA is, NBA, is, is unnamed sources. I would love this for Hollywood. The last time anything like this happened was Ain't It Cool News in the early 90s, and they demystified the screening process. Because that was something that was always out in the open, the fact that people go to see movies that are screened. And so they just said, hey, did you go see a screener? Yeah, email us. Tell us what the movie was. Tell us how it was. Was it good? Was it bad? How did the audience react? And they had some set rumors. They had rumors about uh, what was happening on the sets of certain movies. But it wasn't necessarily about the pitch process. Here's the other element. If you were to report on every pitch script and every rejection, then you would make celebrities out of writers. Now, if you're a writer, that probably sounds pretty cool. We have a country music controversy. Country music controversy. This is actually according to Deadline. There has now been a lawsuit filed on behalf of Heidi Merrill, Alex Wong, Jeff Cohen, and Nicholas London. They claim that they wrote a song. They posted it on YouTube. They then submitted it. They submitted it to the folks. Uh, oh, sorry. The song was used, featured on CBS's Inside College Baseball. They posted it on YouTube on March 17, 2017. They emailed the producer to, or emailed the song to Underwood's producer, Mark Bright, 
who allegedly said we're going to have to pass. And then months later for Sunday Night Football's 2018 season, Carrie Underwood was singing a new song to usher in Sunday Night Football. And according to this lawsuit, it sounds way too close to game on. In fact, Underwood's song is called Game On. This is a a quote from the lawsuit. It's a blatant attempt by a celebrity singer to rip off another artist's work, and it won't be tolerated. It's indefensible to steal music created by a hardworking songwriter and then broadcast that theft on national television. So I know what you want. This is Heidi Merrill's. uh, We're just going to do the first part. Well, here, you want to know what? Yeah, we're going to do the first verse up to the chorus of Heidi Merrill's Game On. Can you feel it? Here comes the storm. Can you hear it? A hundred thousand strong. Can you taste it? On the tip of your tongue. Are you ready? Let's get it on. All right, and now here is Carrie Underwood singing her version of Game On. Well, no, another, a totally separate independent song also called Game On, not based on the brilliant but canceled internet series starring Brian Brushwood and Veronica Belmont. Speaking of the writers, oh, let's give a shout out to the writers. Whoever wrote that show? was really overwritten and not as good as it could have been. All right. Uh, uh, This is Carrie Underwood with uh, Game On. This was the theme song for the 2018-2019 season of NBC's Sunday Night Football. I love when people get busted stealing shit. I love it. it there's just something about it that, you know, it, 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 it's maybe it's the Robin Hood. Maybe it's the David versus Goliath. You know, Normally, it's just one of those things where it's like, I can guess how it happened on the, the, the people with the power side. That at some point, someone liked it. There was a moment in which... Somebody knew it was wrong and didn't say anything and then just assumed, nah, you know, I think it's different enough. I actually do think I think it's different enough. You think we can get away with game on? Uh, you know, game 
on, game on. What is this? I mean, did, did they steal it from Wayne's World? <laughs> Call up Carrie. Let's get her in the booth. I love that stuff. That being said, I don't know if I think it sounds enough alike for this reason. Cunt, pop country music right now is so homogenous. There was that great clip that uh, uh, showed like the top 10 songs that year all had the same mid-tempo beat and many of them even just made reference to the same tropes. It was like the same big old pickup truck, uh, uh, jeans, female uh, women wearing jeans that were either painted on or fit just right, um, cold beer. Like there was just all these like tropes and, and they sonically were very similar. So I don't know whether or not this is indeed a ripoff or just two mediocre songs taking advantage of a plotting mid-tempo beat with different sports cliches that are taking advantage of an obvious trend. I'm going to give the difference uh, um, only because they have cast cloak of mediocrity on pop country. Will I say that Carrie Underwood gets to skate on this? What do you think, doctor? We'll see if we can get a verdict from the doctor. Hold on. We're bringing him close to the mic. Doctor, come on. No, he doesn't want to talk. Maybe that means that we should just go ahead and get into the emails. We got one last drug test story for the week. I, I One week ago, I was shocked that none of y'all had drug test stories and you kept the cupboard full all goddamn week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anonymous says, I used to work at a theme park in Orlando and I smoked pot daily when I applied for the position. There was no test and I was fine and dandy. Cut to a year later, I got picked for a random test. I had 24 hours to comply, so I consulted one of my friends. He said that I was fucked because it was a hair test. I rushed to the head shop and drink all the cleansing mixture just in case, but I'm losing my shit. The next day I go to HR, they take me into a private room. I'm anticipating on them pulling my scalp, but instead, they asked me to open my mouth. I hold the test piece in for 30 seconds and I'm all done. I went online to read that a mouth test can be passed if you don't smoke weed within 24 hours. So I rejoice. Long story short, I never heard a word from HR for the rest of my tenure until I quit. Dude, you worked at a theme park in Orlando. Ain't nobody trying to hire somebody else to throw sawdust on some eight-year-old German kid's throw up. I think you were fine. There's no way. This isn't the goddamn CIA. They're not pulling fucking follicles at uh, SeaWorld. That's all I'm saying. There's only one way to celebrate a week's worth of drug test stories, and that is High Thoughts.
these are a voluminous chapter. Y'all got high this week. Of high. Thoughts. 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 I'm giving you a hug, motherfucker. Count Down is Dracula's cousin with Downs. I felt uncomfortable with that one. I'm just going to let you know. I don't know why I read it. I felt uncomfortable when I read it. All right. Dumbasses who can't tell the difference between loose and lose will be very surprised if somebody is literally... Loosing their shit. Did you ever notice that food lion sounds perfectly normal? But if it were called food monkey, people would wonder. Every comment is truth. Twitch should have a porn version called Twatch. God. I'm so happy dinosaurs are real. Mr. Belding. Oh, Mr. Belding. I can't convert gummies to ounces. Anti-vaxxers are just playing the long game to end school shootings. Those were high. Thoughts. 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 I want to thank our producers, Bill, Dustin, BioCal, Robert H., Brian C., and Trey the Melodica Man, Adam, and Middle-Aged Mike, as always, accompanied by Harry Lee Smith. You can always email me, jurydaily at gmail.com. Put high thoughts in the subject line if that's what you want to submit for. Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat is at Justin R. Young, and of course... You can join our Discord at bit.ly slash jury discord. A big thank you to everybody who submitted stories today. I shouted out Puck earlier, and I will shout out Open Bayou, who uh, uh, gave us the story about Carrie Underwood stealing the Sunday night football song. The Discord continually brings me 
really the primary amount of joy in my life. Don't tell my wife. Or don't tell doctor. Doctor, speaking of the mic, come on. I brought you over here so you could be a star. And look at you, flying around, shitting on my equipment like a bird. That about wraps it up for us this week. I want to thank everybody for listening and supporting us, of course, at payjurydaily.com, like Jackson said. Until next week, please give a round of applause to Mr. Wacky. But more importantly, please don't Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>